0: Well, hello there.
1: Hello! How's it going, though? Uh, I want to open up with today's talk with saying, oh, fuck the ivory tower. Um, Uh, graduate level academia
0: sucks. (laughs) Wow. I want you to know that. I am now well informed that academia sucks. A hundred bucks per application, homie.
1: Why is it a hundred dollars per application? Because they don't want poor people
0: gotcha being there gotcha so Ixne on the porze right yeah all right fair enough fair enough all right well welcome back bound by the scene i am your one of your hosts Mm -hmm. tentacle bound joined as always with spirit binder hello that's me how goes it it's been a while you know how i'm doing (laughs) but the uh, listeners I, I, i have been educated
1: Oh, okay. Um, thoroughly? Yeah, not not quite thoroughly. <laughs> I could always stand to be more educated. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha.
0: Um, they, didn't, they didn't grab a th- a, th- a thorus and just shove it up your ass so you can gain the knowledge through osmosis? They didn't have to, that That's homework. Either, so. <laughs> you have to sit on the book and spin. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. That is no good. All right, some of the housekeeping before we go ahead and get started, because we have a special guest today but before we get to her. Thank you everybody for the 3.3k views. You son of a bitch. <laughs> ah there we go. Yes, we've officially started. But yes, 3.3k views. Our view our our subscribership jumped up from 16 to 23 on YouTube. Wow. Yeah. I'm a little surprised. Right. So in total, with the four subscribers on the actual podcasting platforms. Let's see here. 37 people listen to us actively. Mm-hmm. By golly. Thank you. Uh, we do appreciate it. Again, do look for us on Apple, Google, and Spotify. We are on those platforms as well. But our our baby, our our love language of this podcast <laughs> is Pornhub. Yeah. So I do appreciate the it. Pornhub
1: do be supporting though.
0: They really do. We do need to go get verified. That's the only thing mm-hmm. we need to do. So, today's topic. Uh huh. What is today's topic? Today's topic is being a woman in kink. Oh, okay. Ah, uh, yeah, There's the one thing that either of us do not know what the fuck is. Right. Because, obviously, I have male genitalia. Mm-hmm. I'd imagine you do, too. If not, yours is probably one of those, like... Last time I checked, I did. Yeah. Okay, fair. Fair. My robot body isn't in yet, and I really want it. Well, it comes out tomorrow. I want, like, some Alita battle angel shit. I do, too. I, I would love to have mix-and-match parts. Mm-hmm. just cuz. It was like Thursday could be like a kidna dick day, like <laughs> a kidna dick. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess Saturday is rever- reserved for the boys, the horse cock. <laughs> <laughs> horse dong day for the boys. Mm. <laughs> Got it. All right. So today's guest is actually a female identifying individual. I'm going to blanket that term because I will not put words into their mouth. We have with us today poor Selena. How are you doing today?
2: I'm Peachy. How are you? Peachy? Peachy keen. No? Nah. Telling my age a little
0: bit? Okay. Age? <laughs> no. Now they know where you're from. Dialect is important there. Georgia! <laughs> <laughs> from New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans? Wrong. And uh, that was the intent.
1: <laughs> Anywho. We are deliberately lying to people. My specialty.
0: He did roll a nat 20 for lying when he was born, when they gave him his character creation (laughs) sheet right right before he exited the womb. So anyway, again, today's topic is going to be about being a woman in kink Mm -hmm. and what it entails, how it goes, and all the things that we generally, me and Spirit will probably never have to endure. Well, partially because men are commodities too somehow in kink. Still trying to figure that one out. They're different kind of commodities, right? Like, I wouldn't buy a luxury car in the same situation I would
1: want a blender. People have different needs. Exactly.
0: Uh, (laughs) I bought this Tesla Model S because I needed a blender. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? I just... It was there. Did you get the blender? No. Oh, fuck. I think this bit has gone on too long. It really has. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, I guess to start off, what... What brought you into kink? Like what, what was the what was the general like thing that was like, oh, light bulb. I now I'm not vanilla. Oh shit.
2: <laughs> well, I had just gotten out of a serious relationship, a vanilla relationship, and I realized I wasn't satisfied and I didn't know what was missing. And one day I went to the to the Google and just typed in BDSM. And popped up. First thing was Fat Life. And that's
3: Okay, so you entered
1: by getting into a platform. I did. Okay. How long was it between when the relationship ended and before you started looking into kink? Like, how big was that gap?
2: Not big. Mm. I think maybe a month.
0: Okay. That's a short amount of fucking time.
2: I was clearly unsatisfied for a lot longer before that, Uh, so...
0: That's a whole interesting topic, type of conversation. That
1: well, there's like there's so many ways that you can be dissatisfied in a relationship, and like it shows a good amount of self knowledge that you're like, that's the thing, that's the thing I don't like.
0: Yeah, there, there, we we've narrowed it down with a dartboard. It's like, oh shit, I got a bullseye. What the fuck? Ah, <laughs> uh, my goodness. So. In in the concept of, like, finding out what kink is, a Google search is what drove you to FetLife.
3: Mm-hmm. It's
0: impressive, because let's, let's, let's do this, a fun little thing. We're going to type BDSM in Google right now.
2: And mind you, that was, like, six years ago.
0: BDSM. Maybe
2: more.
0: Why did BDSM marketing come up? <laughs> I get Wikipedia. I get an Elite Daily. BDSM meaning by Cosmopolitan. Buzzfeed. That's definitely not a way to. Interesting. So now, six years later, typing in BDSM into Google won't pull up fat life, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. You get all these different articles, like BuzzFeed's top twenty-five things to figure out exactly why this spoon is king game, and we don't know why. You think fat life is being like suppressed or something? Um, I don't think it's being suppressed as much as it's already like BDSM has become
1: more of a mainstream marketable thing.
0: Yeah, it's. I think that's why BDSM marketing was actually like one of the top search things, as I just pull through so with that out of the way what was the what was the tr- transition point like for you because kink can be either one or two things for some people it can either be very jarring or very welcoming um, it can be a slap to the face or it can be a pat on the back how was that to you
2: a little bit of both to be honest I think once I signed up and my first picture Hit Fat Life, it was like the floodgates opened mm. and the attention was overwhelming. And I'm not saying like my first picture was like me completely nude, but it was just me in a dress. That was it. Mm. No revealing anything. And it was hundreds of messages within a week. And it was terrifying. Yeah,
1: because I think the misconception from a lot of um, lot of uh, male-identifying people would be that, like, that would be a thing to be desired, but it does not quite sound like that was your experience.
2: No, and I guess I didn't know what to expect, but I did not expect that kind of reaction. Mm-hmm. And I quickly just started to ignore... The attention and just started reading.
0: Okay, well, what were some of the things that you started reading up on? Because everybody has a baseline for what they feel that like they are when they get into kink, or sometimes they just don't have the vocabulary for it. Like, what would you say was one of the first things that you read that struck your attention as far as like you doing your research was?
2: Um, I didn't have much to go off of at that point. I hadn't been exposed to BDSM very much, few instances, but nothing too in depth and i started just reading about submission because that was something that i did have kind of a little bit of an idea about Mm -hmm. and i wanted to know more i wanted to know does this fit me and at the time i thought it did because i didn't know anything else Mm -hmm. so i kind of dove deep into that and then looking into the local scene to see what was there and i was Uh in a I was in Indianapolis at the time, so
1: what what goes on yeah. in Indianapolis? A whole
2: lot of nothing.
0: A whole lot of nothing.
2: Yes, but luckily there there was a pretty decent scene at the time, um, a very tight knit community. But it was mainly just I wanted human connection with people that you know understood because I had not a clue of what. Mm. what I wanted and who I was. I just knew there was something missing.
0: Gotcha, you, gotcha. You. So uh, is it safe to assume that you're either strictly submissive or a switch or a mistress, a master, or as a uh, recently coined term, you're just Dom. It's not Dom A. Fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting how liter- uh, like l- language changes a whole bunch of things. It's Dom, not Dom A, please. Just remove the gendered (laughs) dorm from it, please. Thank you, for the love of God. So, what do you identify as?
2: I would say more of a switch than anything. But there's many other layers than that.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that would be the majority of people. But that's fair. That is fair. Always got to peel back layers like skin. I feel like part of...
1: um... Really coming into your own, like, like the puberty of the kink life, as
0: it were, is when you start to pick up all of your nuances.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That makes sense. I mean, let's see. I started off thinking I was a submissive way back when, and then that that changed, and then all the little nuances, all the little nitty gritties started coming in. Mm-hmm. Then we started dotting our I's, crossing our T's, and now you get this! A mistake to hamp mankind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking to you right now.
2: I started off thinking I was submissive, so I was kind of in the same boat, but again, I didn't really know
1: what uh, what, uh, what changed your mind? Was it- um, Experience. Just, <laughs> was it just the experience of being a submissive, or I've known a lot of people that, like, they enjoy being submissive, but nobody around them can DOM correctly. Right. So they take up the DOM position to get, like, any satisfaction and eventually run into people that can DOM them well enough.
2: I think it takes a very specific person for me to want to submit to. Mm-hmm. And some, I feel like some people can be or feel submissive 100%, and that's just who they are mm-hmm. about, around everyone. And for me, it takes a very strong individual for me to want to give them my submission because I. It's not something that I can give easily.
1: Right, and I, rem- I remember you prioritized uh, human connection when you were saying what you came to BDSM for.
2: Definitely, definitely. Connection first, above anything. And I feel like that connection, that interpersonal connection, is what develops what I can give and what I feel comfortable giving.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you think that's the majority of the kink community that tends to operate like that? Mm-hmm.
2: Honestly, no. Mm. I think people who have been in it for a while have a good understanding of who they are and what they want, so mm-hmm. it's easier to kind of narrow it down to what you're looking for and who right. you're looking for. But I feel like for the majority of the people who are newbies, who are baby kingsters, myself included, when I was you know six so years ago, starting out. I hadn't a clue, so I just kind of narrowed my my viewpoint. Like, okay, I'm, I think I'm submissive. I, these are the what submissive things do, and this is you know this is what I, yeah, I have to were look for to a dom. Yeah, rather than a... exactly. Because I wasn't exploring. I hadn't explored enough to find out who I really was in this world.
0: Mm-hmm. In the amount of exploration that you've done, uh, there's a lot of things that come up as of as of late about fake dominance, fake submissives. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your take on the on that aspect of a fake submissive?
2: I think it just boils down to lack of knowledge. I don't think it has anything to do with ulterior motives, maybe for some submissives, but I think for the main part, it's just they don't know any better. They don't know who they are yet, so they think they're a submissive and Kind of like I was, in a sense.
1: It may also matter who is calling somebody else a fake submissive, because it's like, it could be a a lack of knowledge and they're not performing in the way that they said they would for the scene, Mm -hmm. or it could be a vindictive dom trying to neg somebody because they're not submitting to them, per se. And sometimes people are trying to dom and you're like, you ain't it, chief. Exactly. Like,
0: yeah, and that's where the concept of also fake dominance like comes I, into Like, I'm play. not going to call you daddy if
1: I have to watch you suck the Dorito dust off your fucking fingers, like...
0: <laughs> I mean, that is a kink can't for someone. You can yell
1: some. at your mom in the living room then come back and call me kitten. Like, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> <you know? laughs> uh,
0: so that's a kink for someone, I hope. Uh, to God it's not, but it <laughs> is.
1: <laughs> no, I'd, it, these are like kind of stories that I've heard... From friends of mine that are subs for doms they have to put up with
0: because they don't know how to find better ones Yeah, I don't This is why dominance and submission is a very complicated topic in and of itself right, Like on the
1: subject for me like I wouldn't consider myself a dom. I would consider myself a top
0: Yeah, and that's a, and that's a, and that's a specific role that you have decided to put yourself in like somebody else calling you dominant Is a bit different than you calling yourself a dominant uh-huh. because that because the other person has to feel that you are in a superior role as opposed to you because you can sit here and say all that all day long the person that you're dating doesn't feel that way it's obviously going to be some static right the good kind so speaking of being a woman in kink what are some of the things that you've noticed be a lot more difficult for you than for males in kink whether it be male submissives male dominance female submissives, female dominance like there there is there's definitely a are you talking like access stuff like access areas stuff. of
1: kink where that are yeah. harder to access as a woman?
0: Yes.
2: That's a good question. Um I think in my experience it's been more difficult to be taken seriously as a top. So in my in my little switch role when I do want to top sometimes it takes a lot more Mm. kind of proof or i don't know i I feel like it's not taking us seriously as a male can walk into a room and be like who wants to bottom and like there's you know 20 women running and for the most part a woman coming into the room it's like they don't take you seriously
0: Mm. that's interesting that is very interesting Have, have you seen that happen um yes actually you see it in the rigging community hmm. and you see it in the the community you see that in those two specifically i don't know so much about primal again i am not a primal expert i can't say anything on that notion but i have seen that as far as like i there's there's a couple of dominant women that i know off the top of my head that as soon as they enter a room there is a dick size contest that arrives with yeah, them yeah yeah And it's usually like they have to. They They have have to to play the male dominance game. Mm -hmm. It's it's a tit for tat at that point. Like they have to like show their fucking stripes. Have you seen
2: that? Oh, most definitely.
0: Mm.
2: Most definitely.
1: Do you feel like when you're doing that, you have to graft on like a new aggressive part to your personality that may not necessarily be true to yourself just to get access to that?
2: In some circumstances, yes. I think in the in the beginning in a new environment with people that i wasn't too familiar with mm-hmm. i think i really did have to play that role right in order to get my feet wet mm-hmm. but now in a community that i'm familiar with mm-hmm. and i have some experience with it's easier because there's connection built there's relationships right. made so it's much easier now but in the beginning i think it was i had to So you've got this kind of
1: social capital that can, like, take the place of having to prove yourself to the boys. Exactly. Do you feel um, that you have to prove yourself to both men and women when it comes to being a top? Or is it more so to men that you're trying to get to bottom to you?
2: It's more men that I have to kind of prove myself with. Mm -hmm. With women, it's a lot easier. Mm -hmm. A much easier more effortless. Mm-hmm. They feel more comfortable for the most part.
1: Do you still feel like there's a barrier there though?
2: Mm, not so much, no. Okay. Not with women.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's due to the fact that there is there's this camaraderie that kind of gets built around like for 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 the female gender that it because it becomes a little bit more effortless as you've said, with women. I
1: think that may be be kind of a boy stereotype, because I know a lot of boys think that all girls get along because they're girls. That's fair. And don't see some of the catty shit that goes on, but when you've got an insular community that, like, kink, I think that's, like, it's going to be exasperated to one side, Mm. from what I've seen. People are either going to really like each other, or they're really going to not.
2: Yeah, there's definitely a large divide in that.
1: Mm. I mean, do you feel like that's accurate?
2: I think so. I definitely think there's a very small, tight knit group that I would feel completely comfortable with. But mm-hmm. if you put every Kingster together, it would be probably a good five percent of that. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I wonder what kind of bloodbath that would end up being. Oh my god! Put every Kingster in the in the community <laughs> together and just unleash all holy hell. I wonder. I wonder <laughs> who it, it'd be a king of the hill. <laughs> which rigger gets on top? Which which spanko goes on bottom? We will find out next time. I'd pay to see that. I would too. I, I would too. Mention in the comics if comments, not comics. Comments if you want to see the kink battle royale in, in a city near you. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think we can get into this other portion of the conversation of how being a female while on FetLife is a thing. Because you mentioned earlier on that a single photo that you weren't doing anything overly lewd, um, as it were, um, you were just in a dress. Photo was taken, you posted it, and all of a sudden you get this massive amount of DMs. How, aside from, like, blocking any of them, or, like, uh, the obvious, like, hey, (laughs) how do you deal with all that, aside from just, like, from from then to now, like what was the transition like specifically? Because some of them can get really intricate and be like, "Hey, by the way, I'm trying to get to know you, trying to do this, trying to do that." Others are very, look at my dick.
2: Um, it has changed drastically. I think in the beginning, out of politeness and not kind of knowing how to handle that, mm-hmm. it was okay. I gotta I gotta respond. I gotta message these people because they're taking the time to reach out to me. And then it took not very long for me to realize it just it felt like a meat market. And it was just let's hook up or fake doms, if you will, saying, you need to do this, you get on your knees, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and yeah, some of them can be very bold and brazen. and
0: uh, Keyboard warriors. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, absolutely. And then you go to their page and you're like, what?
1: This is one picture of you in a fedora <laughs> and a vest that doesn't fit. <laughs> and you're it. tilting. I it. don't know why I'm... <laughs> you I do know why. I'm, I've just been very critical of how people present.
0: Yes. <laughs> you instantly went to a, a milady <laughs> image.
1: Well, because, like, since I've started, like, studying, like, fashion and makeup and stuff and understanding, like, how... Part of how you build yourself is performative.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And, like once that clicks you see that like oh all the mechanisms are here for everything this is the this is everyone's first language as it were um so when I don't see people taking the steps it's like you know that thing is like I tried for 50 hours to do this finally figured out how now anyone that can't do this is a fucking moron like <laughs> I'm there with that right now
0: <laughs> man that was me the other day when I learned that you just had to flip one piece of rope to uh-huh. like mother. Fucker.
1: And it's also like all of my, um, like in the past three, four years, I've been able to get into groups that are like primarily women, which is a completely different experience if you're coming up as a nerd boy. And I'm also hearing all of their horror stories over the years. So any archetype that I consistently see in there is now a person I hate.
2: <laughs> That's fair. And I think once you get that insider's perspective, you realize... How much of that is out there? And then you add, you know, a kink platform Mm -hmm. and it's ramped up tenfold. Yeah. Because you can be.
1: Right. There's like this permission to do it, quote unquote. And because we're a subculture, it's harder to oust people from the thing because you can't lightly be like, stop that, go away. It There has to be like, that's fine. Or you need to undo, like you need to not exist right now.
0: You need to commit on a life instantly. We instantly go that
1: far. We need to undo that from the community. Like, if you come into the bar, they're like, fuck you, Larry, you're gonna leave, like, the moment they walk in. Like... <laughs>
2: <laughs> you definitely have to be a lot more um, cut and dry in this community and this lifestyle.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but back to the messages, the DMs. After maybe a few days, maybe less, I don't know, of responding to message after message. It like not even a week. Yeah, not even. I was just, I was over it. Like, I would look at the message if it spoke to me or I felt like, okay, this individual actually wants to get to know me, not just, you know, get in my pants. Then I would respond or I would look at their profile. But it just became, I got jaded very fast. Mm -hmm. Because it was just the same thing, the same dick pic, the same... Let me be your dom. Kind Didn't of. even
0: put good lighting on it.
2: No, 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 no.
0: There was no contouring. You see the toilet the below.
2: Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, the at players. least put
0: your dick through a ring light. Like. <laughs> put your dick through your ring light. Get Why some do you think mascara, I got that, homie. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, put some mood lighting on. Make get the get the fuck boy red lights on. Get your
2: dirty laundry out of the background. You know. Have a
0: standards. I Effort. Effort. Like. If you're gonna take if you're gonna take a bathroom pic with your dick out, like wipe the window, wipe the mirror out, like make sure there's not like short and curly is on the toilet or something like that. Like just make it look presentable. Well, like, he- here's the thing that I want to illuminate, and
1: it's been a problem for me for a long time. Um, a lot of um, men are not taught what is attractive
3: mm. and
1: what is not attractive, which means a lot of them have to fire off in the dark, and I don't think that that's good that they have to do that. And it can create some truly cringe results. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, like, in general, I think a thing that kink could be used for is understanding the rules for how you, what are attractive to other people.
0: That's true. That's 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 part of why we do negotiation in the first place, right? Yeah, that is. And this is why you can see a lot of different facets when it comes to, like, what is actually attractive to people, as mm-hmm. opposed to what we deal with in the, middle of the world? Because a lot of it does trickle in, mm. which is which is why I'm assuming you you would have gotten any of these issues, like oh the dick pics for this, like the hookup culture. And I want to make it clear, I'm not
1: apologizing for any of the myriad of dick pics that came at you. <laughs> I'm more trying to find out why that happened and how we can replace that norm with something better. <laughs>
2: I think that's a good way of looking at it. For all like it. the baby
1: boy kingsters that are right. coming into this.
2: Just, I wished, and I wish more people would just be themselves. You don't have to but put on a yourself as a horny
1: person with a giant dick.
2: Well, then you need to go to a different platform. Okay. <laughs> there are plenty out there that I mean. if you need to get your dick wet, you can. But if you're in a BDSM specific Platform, mm-hmm. then that should be the focus.
0: Okay, I think this goes back to a little bit like, uh, uh, well, maybe, maybe they're masquerading as a hedonist. Who knows? <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. You can put that in your profile. You can, you can definitely. But I guarantee you, you'll find people. <laughs> oh, I we could do this now, but I'm not going to because I'm fucking lazy. <laughs> um, just how many people are hedonists on FetLife, so that's, that's 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 their MO. That's it. that's fine. That's great. But uh, do you think the
1: people in these messages were legitimately trying their best to connect with you? Or were they just throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks?
2: Very few were trying to connect. I would say the majority were just trying to see, will she respond? Will she date me? Will she go out with me? Will she let me be her whatever? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think it so was all, genuine. Like, these
1: milestones that would objectify you at a while. Yeah, way. absolutely.
2: Right. I just, I felt like after a while, okay, I'm just a thing to them. Mm-hmm. I'm just a play toy. And while that's fun in the right hands, mm-hmm. it wasn't what I was looking for. Like I wanted a connection. Order. You have to
1: connect first then play toy. For me, yes. Okay. I feel like that's the standard for most people, but... Um, some people are so deprived that they don't know what they need. Right. Like, when you're starving, a Big Mac is a fucking feast.
3: Mm-hmm. And I
1: think that's the case for a lot of those people, because um, um, on the boy side is the exact opposite experience, right? It is radio silence
0: forever. Yeah. <laughs> yep. My inbox is dry as shit.
1: And I want to emphasize that, like, one of these is not better than the other. No. Um, it's I, two very I, drastic
2: extremes.
1: Mm-hmm. There
2: there's, needs like to be both, a middle ground here. <laughs> yeah,
1: they're they're both detrimental to self esteem in wildly different ways. Definitely, because one side is I've been turned into an object, and the other side is
0: I don't even know if I exist.
2: And there's a problem with both of those.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and. When we finally figure out how to address those accordingly, as far as the community is concerned, we can tackle that a lot better. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of what we, as people that have been in the lifestyle for a while, while it is not our duty to educate people, it's not like someone bestowed the crown of knowledge on all of our head and, like, you are now going to teach the masses. Well, it's it's our duty. We made it our duty.
1: That's why we have this podcast. Yeah. But uh, I feel like I've been doing, like, um, a counter. This is what it's like to be a boy in kink. I'm going to try and stop doing that for the rest of this conversation because <laughs> it's not what it's
0: about. Um, and well, it, it is, it's it's to verify that there are, there are going to be extremes as far as what men experience, what women experience. Mm-hmm. Like again, what we experience is usually radio silence, unless you have skills. Mm-hmm. If you have skills, that proves just about everything. Everybody else needs to know whether you're good or really bad as a person.
3: Mm-hmm. For
0: women, it sounds like there's a lot of like okay. Well, I'm either a piece of meat, or I'm going to kick you in the dick. Which I'm you have just angry meat, exactly. It, it's
1: it's the longhorn before it has been harvested, <laughs> like <laughs> angry meat.
0: I'm going the to difference make...
1: between domination and submission was someone... whether or not the slaughterhouse has occurred yet. Exactly.
0: Like... <laughs> uh that's fair. someone make that a shirt, just like angry me
1: longhorns are dickheads and I want you to know that. Apparently so. Apparently so. I've had to work with them before. They're very mean animals.
0: I believe it. A giant fucking <laughs> I friend kind of mine, of
1: animal uh, with horns. I w- was working on a friend of mine's farm and the longhorn just comes up to his
0: four wheeler and fucking upends that motherfucker. <laughs> You, sir, are not supposed to be upright. <laughs> Yay! Anyway.
2: Definition of angry meat. Got it.
0: <laughs> Definition of angry meat is a female that's gotten too many dick pics and too many DMs. Got <laughs> it. So, I think what we're going to do is we're going to kind of do something funny towards the end of the actual episode. She'll read one of her DMs. God. <laughs> um. If you're comfortable with that. If you're not, it's fine. But I think there's a there's a few other things that I'd like to kind of go into as far as well. One thing that I'd like to do now,
1: because um, I'm sure you have other topics, but I'd like to kind of step back from like the leading questions. Yep. Okay. And like, as someone who's explaining what it's like to be a woman in kink, what do you feel is never like talked about? What do you think needs more of a message or a platform?
2: Oh. I think for me, I wish other female tops, bottoms would have reached out to me and taught me about negotiations, taught uh, me about red flags to look out for it. Uh, So I wish I would have had that, not until years later, I sat down at a submissive round table or a bottoms round table or whatever but it was so enlightening and I was sh- I was just like man if I would have learned half of this stuff back then when I first started
3: uh-huh.
2: or even been just exposed to it I would have had a much different and more enjoyable experience
1: right right
2: cuz a lot of that stuff isn't explicit unless you're really digging deep and I didn't know where to look in the beginning right right so I had to learn it the hard way, unfortunately. So I think negotiations, big one. Red flags, another big one. um, Safety calls. What? I didn't learn that until years
1: later. Wow, really? Yeah. Strange. So it makes it 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 checks out. I'm getting the feeling that that's a common experience for uh, women in King.
2: Unless they're bringing, if unless they're getting into a scene in a big city that has. A lot of resources mm-hmm. I think that is a very common thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Indianapolis is not a big city in comparison to others, but I feel like it's not something that's spoken enough of uh-huh, especially for newbies, okay. does that answer your question <laughs>
1: yeah, um <laughs> Any other things you feel like just go over
3: the head of people? Mm. Safety. Mm.
2: Knowing your risks. Mm -hmm. I think you kind of, for me, I learned them as I went until I realized, okay, I need to take a little bit more ownership. Mm -hmm. And I guess I expected. Okay, so in the beginning, I was much more in that submissive mindset, looking for more tops, more dominant personalities, Mm -hmm. thinking, okay, well, I was putting a lot more responsibility onto them because I thought they knew better. I thought this was their role, but in realization now, that's not the case. Right, I should have been more in control of that.
1: So do you think there's this idea that um, dominance should know better? That is kind of like a norm that may not be true a lot of the time.
2: I think it's something that a lot of bottoms or submissives really believe that oh they're the top they they know they know better they know how to you know take care of me they know how to do aftercare they know how to negotiate so mm-hmm. I don't need to worry about that right I've sat down with so many bottoms and it's like okay let's negotiate what mm-hmm. what is that. you've been in what (laughs) and how long have you been in the scene for years (sighs) okay so here we go (laughs) yeah it's alarming but it's quite common
1: Hmm. um a thing that i find interesting is you pointed out that you you wished a female voice had taught you that early on
2: yeah i think it would have been easier to receive
1: I think that's very valuable information to have because, like, part of why we're doing this podcast is to like disseminate this kind of information to people. Mm-hmm. But like, sometimes I underestimate how important it is to have somebody that is like you telling you about these things.
2: Yeah, definitely, because you can have tops or dominance or masters telling you that you need to do these things, but. Unless you experience it or unless you learn it,
3: mm-hmm.
2: it's much harder to receive than you have someone who's similar to you, who mm-hmm. likes to bottom, who maybe has submissive tendencies or um, telling you, okay, hey, this is from my experience. You should definitely check out, you know, reading this or making sure you learn how to negotiate or what are your limits? Mm-hmm. Or to this podcast. Listen to this <laughs> podcast. Just learn, educate yourself. Mm -hmm. Be your own advocate because unless you go and reach out, most of the time the community won't reach out to you. You have to be the one to put in the effort.
0: Okay. I wonder why that is well, I think I know why that is. The concept of reaching out to people and like forcing yourself into a life is a bit of a I think it's a bit of a no no still. And it may also
1: be a character like a a red flag for people who are overly dominant. Because, like, teaching somebody gives you power over them, period, end of story. Like, you create a secondary level of hierarchy whenever you start teaching somebody. True. Um, And that can be leveraged for bad shit. Cult leaders do it all the time. Right. Um, We're looking at you, Jared Leto. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, So I could be in the position where I was like, boy, I sure wish somebody would teach me. Somebody was like, I'm going to teach you the ropes. And I'm like, I don't like you. But at the same time, like, it is very nice to be warmly welcomed into a group and being taught the ropes.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I see what you did there. Put em. <laughs> I'm getting way too old
1: for that. <laughs> so would you recommend that um, newer women in the scene, like... Just pick people they think are very interesting and reach out to them until somebody bites, or
2: honestly, the best thing to do is to well when when it's safe to do so, go to munches, go to classes, meet people, learn about them, and find someone that you can that you want to learn from mm-hmm. find someone that you can trust. And you see, okay, that's something I want to do or I want to learn. Mm. Go and talk to people and ask them questions. The more you learn, the more you experience, even through just watching or um, just talking to people, the more you will feel comfortable and be safer. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know we uh, we emphasize safety a lot mm. on this podcast. Um, but it's occurred to me that the performance of making yourself safe may be different from a woman's perspective or from a perspective that just isn't mine. Because, like, I grew up in a culture of violence, so I've I've been fighting for a long time. And I've, like, you know when you grow up with something, you just automatically apply it to the situation. Right. So it was like, if I'm in danger, what do? You punch in face. No, we don't do that. We don't want to go to jail. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I think for women, too, if you find yourself... You feel like you're a submissive, or you feel that that's something you want to explore within yourself. Mm -hmm. Find another submissive and reach out to them. Uh It can be really intimidating as a woman or anyone coming into a lifestyle that's different from the norm. Uh It's scary to begin with, and if you already feel you are submissive or have those tendencies as a bottom in any form Mm -hmm. it's even more scary because you're coming into a room and you're like i want to ask about these things but i'm terrified and i don't know who to trust go find someone who you feel mirrors what you want Mm -hmm. and talk to them get a bird's eye perspective from them
1: Mm. yeah i know with um with how I like to group intergroup, enter groups, I like to emphasize like the rolling crew like mm-hmm. three or four people that come into an event, so you can be a little bit more brave because you have a group like I've brought three straight or three like straight cishet guy friends with me to munches before who their job is just to vibe and make me comfortable mm-hmm. and like and their quotes maybe talk to some freaky bitches unquote <laughs> um.
0: Ah, yes, the ever-looming thing. Talk to the freaky bitches. But, like, that puts me in a position where
1: I've got, like, ways to split attention. I've got a place to be comfortable if I'm there. And also, um, they're probably more embarrassing than I am. So that puts me at an advantage. (laughs) That's a good way to look at it. Nice. Um, Do you think the same, like, methodology would hold up for women?
2: I think it definitely could. Um, What I did when I finally got the courage to go to a a class, (laughs) um, I looked at the attendance list Mm -hmm. and I looked at the people and I'm like, okay, who on this list, I didn't know anybody. Mm -hmm. Do I feel like comfortable with like who would be someone that I could talk to that maybe I could reach out to? And I found a a younger submissive and I just messaged out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. I so saw I understand. It's freaking terrifying. And it's just like, hey, I'm new. I want to go to this thing. Are you are you going to this thing? And then conversation, conversation. Can you be my guide? Mm-hmm. I'm terrified. And <laughs> they're like, yeah, of course. And They were really welcoming. They were really open to it. And they made me feel so comfortable. Mm. And having that kind of safety net (laughs) at that first experience was everything. I can't imagine doing it by myself. Mm. So, yeah, I definitely think if you're bringing people that you're comfortable with, you know, your friend, your vanilla friends, whatever. Great. If you're going and you reach out to someone that you're like, okay, this is maybe a leader from this group. Maybe I'll reach out to them. That would be another good option and say, Mm -hmm. hey, I want to go to this, but, you know, can I meet up with you earlier? Can we chat? Or just reach out to someone and bring someone so you feel comfortable.
1: Okay. Do you feel like women have to do more, like, homework and due diligence as compared to men in VDSM?
2: Mm, In what way?
1: Because I've heard a lot of you saying... um, you need to make sure these are these things are happening. You need to make sure you're educated. It is on you to reach out to the people. Um, and, like, all of that sounds like a lot of work. Um, these are things that I naturally do. Right. But I don't know if a lot of um, men in BDSM have to do the same level of footwork to be able to be safe and make sure they have a good experience.
2: I think it is different for... for- the female side of things, um, there's a lot of predators. I mean, there's predators anywhere you go, but, mm-hmm. um, go to BD- BDSM and it's harder to spot them. Right. So, yes, I think, and all the things that I'm saying now are things that I've learned, Right. right. you know, through my journey. This is a with blood money. Exactly. Like. I had to learn the hard way. And, some really bad experiences and some good, but it's definitely a. I wish I would have done things like this mm-hmm. back then. Okay. So the my only my only thing that I can say I did great was that first munch, <laughs> like, right? <laughs> getting to know someone and getting them to be with me during that was excellent.
1: Okay, so when we get to the end of uh, of our session, I'd like. For you to give us like a top five tips for new women in BDSM. Okay. Um, I'm gonna tell you beforehand so I'm not like
3: go. <laughs> <laughs> Fair.
0: By the way, you're starting now. Um <laughs> uh, I think I think that's a, that's a lot of interesting information because looking at this from a strictly top perspective, I can't say that I've had to do any of that. Mm. I cannot I I think maybe one event it's about six years ago that i went to i had my roommate at the time go, go with me mm-hmm. and that was because again like you had mentioned earlier that when you went to a munch and you brought your cishet friends mm-hmm. they wanted to talk to some freaky bitches mm-hmm. i'm like all right that's fucking weird <laughs> all right i just want to vibe man and that was about it every other thing that i've ever done i've never had to do that mm-hmm. maybe a safety call maybe one of those occasionally that's about it
1: yeah, I make a, a pretty big point about being intentional about most of the things I decide to do, because, like, anything worth doing is worth S-ranking, um, okay. so I put a lot of preparation towards stuff, but I I believe that I'm an outlier in most senses of that thing, unless it's somebody's, like, profession or a hobby that should be treated as a profession. Um, I don't feel like that's the norm.
0: It definitely isn't it really really isn't like because i believe people also don't have my crippling anxiety about failure probably not (laughs) um i know i know there's a lot of people both on the the female identifying male identifying spectrums that just jump in headfirst without any regard Mm -hmm. hi (laughs) (laughs) so all the things that she said earlier are no longer longer valid
2: (laughs) No, that was me in the beginning,
0: (laughs) for the most part. I I got that. That that was sarcasm.
2: Oh.
0: You can't tell over audio.
2: Gotcha. Makes sense now.
0: Oh. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Let's see. Let's see. We got a couple more things that we can probably discuss, um, and then we'll get into the luxurious reading of the DM. Anywho, I think... (laughs) Is there any particular resource that you've consistently gone back to and handed to people? Like, for me, it's just, like, one. Like, one thing. Whether it was, like, a book. Whether it was just, like, this random article that was, like, hey, that's... Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Because there's one thing for me specifically that I always, like, hearken back to as far as, like, something that I give to people that are kind of starting out. And it's usually... It's usually something like BDSM and law. Like, that's one thing that I always like. hey, by the way, just so you know, there are certain laws that you want to maintain and understand before you start doing some of the things. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, con- you cannot consent to bodily harm. That's one of the things, and that will actually land you an assault charge. So Is there something like that for you at all, by any chance? If not, that's perfectly fine. Are you, are you saying you'll allow it? I mean, it's not my place to say <laughs> I'll, I'll allow or anything or not, but that's not my job.
2: No, there's not any one single thing for me.
0: Okay, so there's a multitude of things, like a stack. Like you have a dissertation written off <laughs> to the side.
2: There's a lot of information out there. And to me, it really should be catered to the individual.
0: Fair. Very fair. That is fair. I think that's about it for what I have to like ask or anything of the sort. <laughs> I think we can get into, like, the the top five resources that Spirit wanted to... Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. The thing that you would inform a baby Kingster, of the they-them female-identifying genre of people.
2: <laughs> so, my top five things that every... Number
0: five! <laughs> 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 Thank you, BuzzFeed announcer.
2: So, so but seriously, though, the top five things that every... This can go for women. This can go for men. Anyone who's getting involved into BDSM, if you're new, that you should look into before anything else. Do your homework. What is vetting? Learn how to vet. If you see someone you want to play with, you want to do a scene with, you want to be in a relationship with, dynamic, whatever, find out who they've played before. Past partners. Talk to them. If they say, no, you cannot vet me, red flag, run away. Mm. Vetting. So that's a big one. Next one is knowing your limits. I hear so many people, so many newbies come into the scene, start talking. So what are your limits? Oh, I don't have any.
0: Great. Excuse me, what? (laughs) Great. I can string you up from your big toe and skin you alive and pour lemon on you. What? No? I can't do that? There's your limit.
2: And that's a problem. You need to know what you're comfortable with, what you're not comfortable with. So, Do
1: you think that's part of the language? Like, because we're specifically using the word limits? Because there are things that are within my limits that I don't like.
2: <laughs> I mean, language does play a big part.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> um, whether it's a soft limit where you don't really like it, but it, mm. you'll tolerate it. Or if it's a hard limit, like... Death. (laughs) Right. That's a hard limit for me. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just knowing what you're comfortable with and figuring that out, learning that, writing it down, researching it, and just know what you want, know what your limits are.
0: Thankfully, death is a soft limit for tentacle.
2: (sighs) Not surprised. (laughs) Another big one: negotiating. Learn how to negotiate. Even as a bottom, you should know what to expect. Right. You should know what things you need to ask for.
1: Where does someone go to learn to negotiate?
2: There are a lot of resources online. There's I mean, Fet has a wealth of knowledge if okay. you dig for it. Um there are places like this lovely podcast that you can listen to to get more knowledge. Hooray. Hooray. Right.
0: A plug. Interesting. You're welcome. That what, wasn't scripted. What kind of plug? <laughs> um, we have to specify a fidget spinner butt plug.
2: <laughs> Sounds fun. I'm I'm Put am on my list.
1: Distracted. What?
2: <laughs> stop distracting me. Um, another one. Be risk aware. Mm. If you want to get tied up, great. What are your risks? What can your body handle? If you have tendonitis in your knee you should probably let your top know Mm. be aware of what will happen if i what will happen when my fingers go numb like what are the risks involved to what you want to do
1: can you explain to the people the difference between a risk and a limit
2: a risk is knowing what could happen what something bad could happen during a scene and knowing how to Take care of that if that does come to it
3: uh-huh.
2: um a limit is let's let's use rope as an example, so a limit in rope is I don't want someone's rope touching my genitalia
3: right
2: a I don't know where it's been b sanitation b c d e sanitation um <laughs> but um a limit so that would be a limit, let's say, and a risk is. Being suspended by your neck.
1: Mm. It's
2: not a limit for some people. Mm-hmm. But it's a high risk.
1: Right, and they should know that going into it.
2: Exactly. And if you don't know that, then you haven't done your homework and you probably shouldn't be being suspended. mm Does that answer your question?
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: Okay.
2: And I think the next one, which you touched upon, is a safety call. Anytime. I wish I would have known this more so in the beginning than anything but if you're going to be meeting with someone whether it's in this community or not and you've never met them before and you're gonna go do something risky with them Mm -hmm. something that could be potentially dangerous get someone else to check in with you have a safety plan Mm -hmm. if you don't Have them track your location.
1: I'd say this is a good idea outside of kink. Like I've got a a group of like five or six people I hang out with um, from various Discord groups. And anytime any of us go to hook up with somebody, we will always post um, the phone number of the person going and the address that they're going to.
2: That's exactly. That's perfect. And you tell them, you know, I want you to check in with me at this time. Mm. If I don't respond in X amount of time, then... You have every right to send someone over. Mm-hmm. Call the police. Whatever the case. So however, whatever you need to feel safe.
1: Yeah, and the police understand what safety calls are, so yeah. you can be like, this person asked me to safety call them, they have not been back, here's the address that they went to, here's their phone number. Exactly. Do the thing. Do
0: whatever.
2: Exactly. So, those are my top five.
0: This was watch your Duck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, now for the piece de resistance, the last little bit of it. What DM are you going to gracious us with today?
2: Oh, God.
0: That sounds like there's a terrible one waiting. Do you want to give us a top five?
2: <laughs> there's too many.
0: Okay. I'll be right back. All
3: right. <laughs> Number one. <laughs>
2: should have warned me about this.
0: I did. I warned you throughout the entirety of the podcast.
2: Okay. Before that. Because now I have to scroll through and.
0: (sighs) Just randomly go and pick one.
2: But they're not all randomly bad.
0: They're not randomly bad. I mean, (laughs) that's fair. That's fair. Some of them are just bad. Yeah. Others are not that even worth time. Hmm. (laughs) Kind of like my life. Not worth my time. Wow. All right. It's a thing. It definitely is a thing.
3: It is a big thing.
0: Usually, from what I've been told.
3: (laughs) What? (laughs) Oh, gosh. Seriously, though. Did you find one yet? (sighs) Still looking.
0: Hmm. So this is the part of the converse, so this is the part of the podcast where we just dead silence everything. <laughs> you will not it's get you, you will not get any lo-fi and chill music. You won't get any Japanese pop music. You won't get anything other than It's your fault. This is not my fault. This is definitely you not- You should my...
2: have warned me so i have could have gone I through did. this before this podcast. But I did. No. Yep. No
0: are we starting another episode <laughs>
1: no i'm so thirsty bitch
0: that is fair that is entirely fair my goodness it is amazing how fucking big this thing is growing mm-hmm. like it it just surprises me like i looked at the <laughs> analytics for everything and it just it as on it, on youtube there was a 999% increase on watch time wow. like what? <laughs> uh, me. And and my it's sender. not just me. I swear I do not have bots loading on my computer, just rewatching everything over and over and over again.
1: Oh here's a here's a funny I uh, funny thing. Um there's this YouTube channel I watch called Folding Ideas. He's got this video series called a lukewarm defense of fifty shades. And a lot of the fixes that he implemented involved like less of the
0: sex scenes <laughs> <laughs> less of sex scenes because well,
1: like there there's a thing with like uh, sex scenes where if you're going to use them in a narrative, it needs to further the narrative true like if if you make them interesting enough to be spectacle, they're porn now, if they don't further the character, then I don't care that it's happening, if it doesn't
0: further the plot, it shouldn't be in there, like. <laughs> From a storytelling perspective, that does make sense. It seems like you have found one.
2: <laughs> I mean, this one is cringy for me. Hey. Uh, it, it's it's not my kink. And it might be for some. But this is just a one of the many that are very similar to this. This one just happens to cringe me out a little bit more than...
0: Did someone I ask you to be a public toilet for them?
2: No, but I have a message like that. This one, the subject says... Forced pregnancy. That's the subject.
0: Ah, breeding. A kink that I will never understand.
2: And this only has two sentences. I want to chain you to my bed and fill you up all night long. I want to breed you every day. The end. That.
1: Talk about objectification. They're talking about you like you're a car.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean... My god... The, the the biggest thing that's running through my head right now with that entire sentence is like, well, two sentences is <laughs> the concept of breeding involves that you already knock the person up, right? Am I wrong. wrong or am I right? You're right. Okay. So, how would you get bred every day? <laughs> would they just like punch you in the stomach and have you miscarry as soon as you got pregnant? I would go again.
1: out on a limb here and say, maybe like, Methodological analysis may not be this person's forte <laughs>
0: <laughs> probably not uh breeding kink is 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 an interesting 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 facet of what people like doing. I get it. Why do people think messages like that will work?
2: That is a fantastic question
0: because some people are actually receptive to it are they i oh, i can I can see because there's a there's a this weird thing where I've noticed that some people actually do respond to these things. Like some people do find the internet like thing a fantasy. Like you can go on Reddit and role play with people, mm-hmm. whether it's actually like this it's or the that.
1: statements like that are so similar to like the kind of statements that stalkers will send to my friends. So like yeah. There, some people... I don't get how stalker language can be hot. I don't Like, even... I can accept that
0: it is to some people, but I will never sympathize with it. I will never understand it. I don't. Just don't. Like, I'm not sitting here to say that you should. I'm just saying that that is, like, someone finds it attractive. But and I want people... where that cog goes in the machine.
2: And uh, even if it's not that particular fetish, though, that's just the type of message. It's a very similar message in different... Former fashion, like
1: we don't know each other. Why would I give a fuck about what you want? Like, right?
2: Just because you read my 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 kink list, you read the things down there that I might be interested in, doesn't mean that I'm wanting to do them with you. You know, the first second we we meet,
0: instantaneously, I shoot my shot. You are ready to go now, and somehow you magically <laughs> appeared on my bed, chained already. Are you ready for the semen bombing? Yeah, it
2: doesn't work like that. I'd- if you want to get a response. Be a human. Treat the person like a human that mm. you want. Unless they some specifically say in their profile, <laughs> they don't want to be treated like a human, then that's fine.
0: I think some of these
1: people don't <laughs> know how to be human very well, though.
0: Clearly. Human.exe e- human. has stopped functioning since birth.
1: Well, that, that's kind of a joke, but it's also that, like, a lot of these people don't understand what human decency is, why mm. you would use it, because, like, you're... If you have a certain amount of privilege, then you're going to be treated like a human regardless, and you'll assume that's the baseline.
0: Yeah, I mean... It's not. That, that goes back to a lot of like weird things, like how I, I how my concept of what sexuality was, it was very askew as I was growing up, and how to conversate with people was mm-hmm. very, very askew as I was growing up, because I was never taught, so I would never had the social contract. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn all of this shit on my own. Yeah. Some people just never learn it. Mm-hmm. Clearly.
2: Or they choose not to learn it.
0: That is also true. But I do thank you for that read. That was a... That will we'll stick with me until the end of my days. <laughs> that's a that's a I'm that's sorry. a weird thing that some <laughs> random dude is just like, I'm gonna say it. No it, one's gonna stop me. It just
1: baffles me that people think it would work. I or do. that it has worked enough times for that to be the fucking go to. Like do you know how many times something has to work for me for me to not think about what I'm going to do? Like <laughs> I'm sure it's more than
0: one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> That's an interesting and depressing topic. But anywho, that's the end of it. That's the end of the show. I do thank everybody that listens. I do thank Porcelina again for coming on and sharing her experience.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Not a problem. Any last words you want to say? No! (laughs) You just did. Said words. Oh, so you said a singular. Okay, got it. Anywho, (laughs) as usual, this is Bound by the Scene. I do thank everybody for listening. Don't forget to follow us or subscribe. Tip on your anywhere. waitress. Always tip your waitress on all platforms. Avita Zayn Au revoir. We'll catch you next time. Peace.